0: Love, talk, radio.
1: <clears throat> Good evening, this is Robert Fisher, I'm the host of Monergy Life, and thank you so much for joining us tonight in the second of a, a three-part series with my special guest, John Gallo, and John should be calling in at any moment. Uh, today, the topic of the talk is going to be how to tell truth from fiction in today's world with the constant assault of information it's more challenging than ever to discern the truth fake news alternative facts and downright deception seem to be the order of the day so that's going to be one of the themes of today's show and while we're waiting for john to call in i would like to read uh you an excerpt from one of my favorite books over the last year or so called Courage, the Joy of Living Dangerously by Osho. For those not familiar with Osho, he was an Indian metaphysical guy who must have written about 40 books in the spiritual world. Uh, This is one of my favorite of his books, and I haven't read more than a few of them. I'd like to start the show by reading a quote from one of his uh, chapters in the book Courage. Let me just bring John onto the show. Good evening, John. Is that
0: you? Yes, it is, Robert. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you for having me I... on again.
1: Well, it's absolutely my pleasure to have you on the show. While I was waiting for you to call in, I was, of course, introducing the second show uh, in a series of three with you. And today, the, one, the theme that I want to um, stick with and work with is called how to tell truth from fiction in today's world. That will be the jumping off uh, point for us to talk before we get into that, John, I was about to read a quote from one of Osho's books. One of my favorites called courage, which I think is very relevant to the topic of the talk today. And, and I think it's very inspiring considering what's going on in the world today. And let me just read that. It'll probably just take a few minutes. Uh, Love gives courage, love takes all fear away. And the oppression depends on your fear. They create fear in you, a thousand and one kinds of fears. You're surrounded by fears. Your whole pathology is full of fears. Deep down, you are trembling. Only on the surface do you keep a certain facade. Otherwise, inside there are layers and layers of fear. A man full of fear can only hate. Hate is a natural outcome of fear. A man full of fear is also full of anger. And a man full of fear is more against life than for life. Life seems to be dangerous to him because to live means you will have to love. How can you live? Just as the body needs breathing to live, the soul needs love to live. And love is utterly poisoned. By poisoning your love energy, they have created a split in you. They have made an enemy within you. They have divided you in two. They have created a civil war, and you are always in conflict. And in conflict, your energy is dissipated. Hence, your life does not have zestfulness, cheerfulness. It is not overflowing with energy. It is dull, insipid. It is unintelligent. Love sharpens intelligence. Fear dulls it. Who wants you to be intelligent? Not those who are in power. How can they want you to be intelligent? Because if you are intelligent you will start seeing the whole strategy, their games. They want you to be stupid and mediocre. They certainly want you to be efficient as far as work is concerned, but not intelligent. Hence, humanity lives at the lowest, at the minimum of its potential. So <laughs> that's something that struck me as, as very relevant to what I want to get into today in our talk, John. What's your reaction to that quote from Osho?
0: Well, uh, that's a very good quote, Uh, and, I, you know, the things that stand out from that uh, quote is fear and love, okay? But like you know, Robert, I take everything and I dump it into my, or the spiritual realm, okay, the realm of what I call reality. Uh, Again, what we spoke about, yes, uh, the last week, about your sense of identity and your beliefs. Uh, My sense of identity is one of a spiritual being having this human experience in a vehicle called the body, okay? So it doesn't matter anything that's going on in the outer world. The only thing I have to step into my spiritual self, and then that loses its power, meaning there is no fear. Uh, There is only... uh, Acceptance of what is Because this outer what is Is passing So it doesn't really matter anyway So most people Yes, live in fear And that fear stands from Their sense of the human identity Of the fear of losing something Of not having something Uh, That's where fear comes out The sense of loss Of something that they hold or they think that they really uh, is that important. Whereas if you look at the timeline where the average uh, body is in existence in this uh, third dimensional reality, it's very short, very, very short. But most people are wrapped into this material or human sense of self And that is a sense of that creates a lot of fear and discord. Now, love. Love, first of all, you have to really learn to love yourself before you can love anything else. Now, there is the physical love and there is the spiritual love. The spiritual love is that love of being. Love of that encompasses everything, the non-judgmental love, the non-labeling love. That is what r- love really is. Once you get into that mode, then most of everything else drops off, you know? And all uh-huh. the fear drops off because you are in that love state, but the spiritual love state, not the human love state the sexual, if you will, or the love for something more or something material. No, the love of being created, the love of being able to have whatever experience it is in this third dimension and knowing that it will pass. Right. Uh, That is absolutely
1: true. Uh, for many of the people listening to the show now and later on, uh, getting to that point where everything is dissolved into the spiritual world is an effort and a process. And I would think that most people listening are not at that point, and they're operating in the world that we, you and I would call the third dimension, that reality. So in that in that third dimensional reality if one is not at the point where they can dissolve ever, dissolve everything into spirit and look at it from a spiritual point of view a lot of the people listening and most of the world's population look at what's going on and think okay this is it how am I going to deal with it so in that sense there is a battle between love and fear, truth and lies, truth and fiction, until you get to the point where you realize that everything is, as you said, just passing and everything is, in a sense, part of the part of a reality that you create with your own thoughts. But most people listening are not at that point. Agree, John? Most people are not really there.
0: Yeah. And so, that's why, you know, uh, the, the things that we covered in, in the first call, was uh, what I would say, you know, the first two, uh, uh, you know, points uh, or uh, steps or a map, okay? Uh, Your sense of identity, uh, your beliefs, uh, and uh, a lot of that we're talking about here has to do with what you believe to be true, okay? The truth and the non-truth. And when the individual, because you see, everybody... Has the wherewithal? Everybody has the potential, very easily, to get to this point. Okay, because everybody is an infinite spiritual being, uh, with one with all the universe. Okay, and once you step into that reality, you automatically are become very. Powerful—not your power, but the power to be able to use in creating your daily reality—and that's where you know. This week, uh, you know, the third thing is thinking uh, your your thoughts. Uh, one of the most important things that I've learned, uh, and I learned it, you know, a while ago. Uh, I read the book of uh, uh, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. And at the beginning of the book, he he wrote, Become the Watcher of Your Thoughts. I said, what the hell is this guy talking about? And then it hit (laughs) me like a, a ton of bricks. You know, I was going to, oh, I'm going to watch John's thinking. And in order to practice that, I spent about a year talking about myself in the third person. John this and John that because I wanted to separate my spirit, my uh, soul, from what John's ego, John's beliefs, John's thinking, to be able to watch what I normally was thinking during the course of a day. And okay, so John, that's was, a
1: great—that's a great suggestion to our listeners as a step towards getting to where we're talking about. To start to think and talk about yourself in the third person, to establish that separation and that distance, correct?
0: Yeah, because we are not our bodies. We are not our thinking. We are not our emotions. Those are the tools that an infinite spiritual being uses to have this transient uh, reality or experience in this third-dimensional reality. Those are tools, okay? The ego is a tool, okay, of self-perseverance uh, here. Uh, uh, thinking is a tool. All of these things are mechanics for the body to be able to survive in this third dimensional, the, 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 the world, okay? But we are not that. And you see, the thing is very, we were not taught uh, growing up by our parents, by our religious teachers, by our teachers of school, uh, this kind of uh, this knowledge we were not taught. The key is to begin to to see, to watch your individual thinking, and then you can look at when something happens, how automatically you react to it without consciously being aware with because that reaction. To something that happened is a trigger that is triggered to the program called the belief that you accept that is truth.
1: Right. Now, you mentioned the ego. Let's talk a little more about how somebody could use the ego to create that connection to one's spiritual self because traditional conditioning. Uh, suggests that the ego needs to be reinforced constantly. And that seems to be the source of a lot of problems for the individual and the individual in dealing with other people. So do you have any suggestions on how to use the ego and to and separate from the ego, you know, and, and to eventually put it in its place? Is there anything you can think of to help our listeners along that path?
0: Yeah, well, basically, the ego starts with your name, okay, the name that you're given. And uh, then the parents, uh, John this, John's that, and then we start, the, the the name, our name is like a basket. We start then putting our possessions into it. I like this, I don't like this, this is mine, this is me. So you start to create a persona, if you will, of beliefs. And that's basically the ego. Those beliefs are then are working as the subconscious of your created image of yourself. But that's not yourself. And then you take that, you come to a point...
1: Right. But most people
0: would argue that that is who they are. Right? Right. And as long as you argue that you are living in the world, the third dimensional reality, because that ego was created for, in this reality, this third dimension, because when you are born, you forget where you came from in order so that you can experience this new, uh, have this new experience in the new body, which I call the vehicle. Because if you were to remember who and what you are, in the spiritual sense, it doesn't make any uh, more sense to continue on with this body.
1: Right. So you know you raise an interesting point, which I've contemplated a lot, and I agree with you totally that the ego is is, if you will, man made by conditioning, parents, et cetera, and, and we identify totally with all these things. And I also believe, and I think you do too, that we come into the body, the vehicle to experience what's available on earth in human form. So I believe it's the ultimate challenge to be able to experience what's available on (sighs) earth without identifying it too much with it and without claiming it to be your own. In other words, to look at it as just an experience that you're passing through and that you came to earth to have. And I think that's the the balance that needs to be created and that's the shift in people's awareness that that would bring a lot more happiness to people. So is right, there because... anything? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No,
0: no, go ahead. I was going to
1: say I was going to say If that's the case, that, you know, we all come here to have these human experiences, but the problem is we forget where we come from and we identify too strongly with them. And we do all kinds of things to other people and to ourselves in furtherance of obtaining some of these things. And that causes a lot of conflict on this planet for sure. Uh, So with increased awareness as to who we are and what we're really here for, I think it's possible to experience these things wholeheartedly without being too attached to them and understanding that they're just experiences. They don't mean anything beyond that.
0: No, at the so, end of the ahead. day, uh, at the end of the day, when the spirit walks out of the body, it's going to leave everything behind, okay? All your judgments, all your wealth, all your uh, uh, unhappiness, your happiness, those kinds of labels no longer matter. And that's the beauty of what I'm talking about here, to getting to the point where you just experience the beingness, uh, the day moment to moment, the now, the infinite now moving in total awe all having been created and being able to have the ability to experience what is. Without being too attached to what's around you. Exactly, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Nobody takes anything from this material world except the experience. So why not look out in total awe and allowing creation to be the way it is, and saying, "Ah, huh, loving it, no matter what is," because you can label a situation bad, but that what you labeled bad is really an experience which is a uh, a blink in eternity. Okay, so how much? Why give it so much power? Well, I, I definitely agree with you.
1: Uh, and and like I said, I think the ultimate way to go about all this is to experience, you know, everyday reality in all, like you said, without getting too crazy over anything. So why do you think that the, you know, the common human experience is, is to really get, uh, you know, obsessed with things, to do harm to other people to obtain these things? Why do you think that? that's the experience that a lot of people end
0: up having because they don't know any better. Most people don't know any better. And most of the organized religions don't teach this because if they would, they would not have followers going to, you know, on a Sunday and giving money to because creation (laughs) is done. Okay. You know, most of the, uh, religious books, you know, the Judeo-Christian books, they say that God created with the Word, correct? Right. Now, before you can utter a word, you have to think about what you're going to talk about, correct? Right. So God created with the thought his imagination and manifested it with the Word. That's why... This step three is, step four is your inner conversations. And then next week, I'm not even going to say what we're going to cover, but basically that's it. Uh, Prayer is nothing more than imagining that which you want and ignoring that which you don't want. That's the true prayer. Why? You don't need to pray to something out of yourself because you're one with all of the universe and that which created it. And that is something that quantum mechanics and quantum physics has proven. The universe is one field of potentiality. And the way that the scientists in quantum mechanics, uh, when they create the experiment, they create the results because it is their consciousness that takes those waves of energy, and collapses them into matter, uh, a particle. And so basically, we create. That's why the importance of watching your thinking, we create with our thoughts, and we create with our imagination, and we create with our inner conversations. So the key is never to think about anything you don't want about yourself or anybody else, okay? Let's even speak about it because when you speak, I, you are manifesting.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I want to just add something to what you said, which is in a way bringing us back to the topic of tonight's uh, broadcast about truth from fiction. And I want to get back to that more specifically in a minute, but. In addition to the importance of what you think and what you speak, which I could not agree with you more about, we're all living in human form, and we absorb a lot of the energy that we surround ourselves with, regardless of whether we want to or not. And because of the type of energy that's being pumped out into the world today, so negative, so fear-inspiring. A lot of people have moved so far from the energy of love that everything is based upon fear. And so a lot of the people in our country today and a lot of the listeners to this program are pumped up with fear. And I think we should try and help people move away from that energy of fear and understand What's really going on? And that's why I read that quote from Osho, because it addresses how fear is being pumped into people's consciousness. And even if you think the most positive thoughts about your life, and like you said, and don't utter anything that you don't want, and don't think about things that you don't want, you're still surrounded by other people and other influences and other energy. And it's something is still going to seep through. That's what the way I see it. And, and let's talk about ways that people could change that energy, you know, and, and change, you know, change the way they react to it, change their version of the truth. And, and what do you think about that, John? What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I remember uh, early on in this, uh, uh, my personal, you know, transformation, my personal uh, transitioning from the uh, human uh, to the spiritual sense of self. I remember when something would happen. And one thing that I just want to interject here, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very important, because this is probably one of the most important things that I'm going to say today, because nothing happens in your world unless you give it the okay and to create it maybe not in the physical realm today but before you came down into this body you planned out or put up uh, experiences that you wanted to have okay so those are your spiritual plans before you came down but you have the choice to change a lot of that okay you have the free will but the free will is change if you want to change your outer world you got to change your inner and the outer world would you're going to see out picture what you have in your mind in your beliefs and in your consciousness okay so if you want to i remember so early on i would say something would happen and i would say you have no power whatever was happening out there i would say to it and verbally out loud you have no power, meaning that it had no power over me unless I allowed it to affect me.
1: Okay, let me, okay? Just, let and, me just stop you right there. How can you help our listeners uh, prevent it, prevent those things from having power over them? Are there any tips you could give them that you utilize so that things well, didn't have
0: power over you? I would uh, out loud say to myself, you have no power. Uh, uh, Let's say I got into an accident, whatever were to happen or something happened to the family, instead of diving in emotionally or from the human sense of self, I would say you have no power and, and then I would immediately go into stillness, to in, to that where the joy and love resides inside of each one of us and by taking your focus from that outer thing and putting it inside or changing it to something different, it drops and it dissolves. It no longer bothers you. And it, I'm going to say at the beginning, I would have to say that over and over again until I got used to and have more control over my sense of self. It takes, it it. Spirituality is a science, okay, and in any science, you have to practice it until you become an expert, a PhD, and this is the same thing. This is something that one has to work at because one has to look at that ego that you created uh, from the time of birth that you were given that name and that sense of identity that you created, the me's and I's, okay, me this, I this, me these, I this, and it's Accumulated all of those beliefs are there operating until that time that you pull it up, pull them back into consciousness and say, Up until today, you no longer serve me, and then you can shift. So, mm-hmm. nothing of the outer world can really hurt anybody. Okay, nothing that's going outside of you can really hurt it, and nothing that's going on on your body will not affect your true being, your spirit.
1: Okay, let me just stop you
0: there. So basically you're saying there
1: is absolutely nothing for any of our listeners to be afraid of,
0: correct? Nothing, absolutely nothing, except the sense that something can hurt you or affect you in some way. Once you do that, once you say that, okay, once you... Allow that it al has already affected you. That's why right. I remember starting to say you have no power. It's like keeping it at arm's length for me. I'm the one to loud, allow you it. said it to, did you did you say, say that say out, out loud, loud to, to myself. To myself. Yes. Out loud. Mm-hmm. You have no power, you have no power, you know, and then I would try to focus my mind, my focus from that which is happening, which is a a reality in this third dimensional reality, and I would remove my focus from that and put it onto something that I wanted, and I would repeat it until it happened, until whatever was happening had no more power over me.
1: Okay. Now you say so that it this is requires a right. It's a process and it requires practice. Can you give and any focus. kind of time? Ta- yeah, and focus. Can you give any kind of suggestions to the audience as to how long it might be? I know it's going to be different for everybody. Any
0: parameters? It all depends depends on the individual. I mean, the only thing that one has to do is to recognize who and what they are. And at that very moment, that spiritual being might be born or rise, and then the human will just dissolve and then you can be like uh, all of the world masters and seers of the world that have brought in a lot of these uh, world's religions. Hmm. <clears throat> so once that happens,
1: nothing in the outer world will have the same kind of effect on you as it did before. Nothing. No thing. But nothing right. is nothing. No thing. No thing but you're still in your body and you're still experiencing things in the outer world. It's just that your relationship to those events has dramatically shifted in your mind. Exactly. So that you, so no, the experience in your mind and your be being and your
0: consciousness and your experience mm-hmm. transforms completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the good thing is that everybody that's listening, everybody that will listen has that innate ability and that power to transform themselves at the blink of an eye. There is no need to wait. There is no need for processes. There is no need. The only thing is that you have to come to uh, know yourself, come to feel yourself, that inner energy, and then everything else will dissolve. You know, I love, uh, and we've spoken in this, when God speaks the world melts. I know right. that I you love that, love that, that phrase. phrase. Okay? Yeah. And that's the truth. And that is the truth.
1: Is there anything you su- you could suggest so that people listening to help them to feel that inner connection, feel that uh that connection to source, to the universal energy, Uh, anything that helped you in your transformation that you could suggest to the audience?
0: Well, just start to feel the energy that is always there inside your body, running from the top of your head, down your spine and back up again. You know, that energy is there. One has to become aware of that energy, energy, the feeling uh, within oneself. And you do it right. it just for everybody is totally different. There is no one way to doing it. Uh, I can only point of how it feels like, what happened to me, how I did it, what I, how I went about it, and uh, other people that I have uh, taught these methods to They've had it. They have come to the same realizations and they've had the same outcomes. So this is scientific. This is not a philosophy, you know, uh, because we are all spiritual beings. That's the fact. Now it's coming to learn to become aware of that part of us.
1: Right. So, just moving back to the topic of tonight's conversation, how to tell truth from fiction in today's world, we're really talking about that for the last half hour, which is to get in touch with our spiritual essence. That's the ultimate truth and and not what's being projected onto us, not what people have told us who we are, not about the war in Syria, not about what's going on with Russia, That's not even about truth or fiction. That's just third-dimensional reality, correct?
0: Absolutely. And most of these other things does not personally affect anybody here in this country. Right. Except to the extent that people let it, which is a great deal. Exactly. Uh, And and in your daily interaction with people, with family, uh, with things. You have also that choice. You have the choice of allowing to get pulled into that third dimensional situation, or you have the choice to step back into your spiritual self and look at it from a spiritual uh, vantage point. And the spiritual vantage point is that saying, when God speaks, the world melts. Okay? When you step in from the human to the spiritual, the world no longer has any power because spirit is the foundation of creation. And so you have just stepped from third dimension to fourth dimension, if you will. And from the fourth dimension, the third dimension looks like uh holographic, if you will. Right. You know, it's kind
1: of interesting because, uh, When we talk about, you know, getting people to be more in touch with their spiritual entity, finding the truth in in every situation, and then you have the interesting, it's almost an anomaly that everyone in human form is playing a certain role, and even though that role is not always uh, in touch with their spiritual side, based on what we've talked about in the past, it seems as though is that everyone is in a perfect place. Everyone is doing what they're meant to do. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, people take a body, come to earth to experience it, to experience a wide range of situations, emotional traumas, events. Right. And, right. and, and in a sense, in a sense they're doing it without, a connection to their spiritual entity, but they're playing their role to perfection at the same time, and I find that to be kind of an interesting anomaly, if you will. Uh, yes, you it know, is. Yeah. And,
0: every, uh, and, and isn't it? Isn't it interesting? Like, kind of. Yeah, it, and it's like the you know the Buddha, one of the uh, world seers and everything, would say, uh, you know, pain and suffering is attachment, and what he was meaning was. Once he realized, he came to the point of realizing there is the material world, and if you are attached to everything that is transient, that is passing, you will have pain of losing and suffering, okay? But once he found out who and what he was, and he looked at the world from his spiritual essence, he knew that the world was nothing more than a stage, and we came out of the seat, we went up to the stage, played our part. Some people stayed on the stage playing the part. Some people played their part, went back to their seat, and watched. And the key right. is to become the watcher of the, the play called life from your spiritual source, your spiritual essence.
1: Right. And, and I think you might agree with the fact that not everyone is meant to get
0: to that point while they're in human form. That's true. And uh, um, some people are not, uh, you know, maybe they'll do it in this lifetime. Maybe not. But I, right. I would like pretty much say that anybody that has been listening throughout the, uh, you know, those and continue to listen, they're ready for this. They're ready to make that shift because if not, they wouldn't be sitting here and listening, especially if they listen from one show to the next show.
1: Well, there's no question that it's a very appealing concept because what you and I are talking about is, in in essence, being on this planet, being in human form, being able to experience everything great about being here, and not being attached to any of it. So who wouldn't want to be in that place? Right? Well,
0: yes. When you think think about it. Absolutely. And everybody can be because everybody is a spiritual being. Everybody will walk away from their body. Everybody came here to experience certain things that they wanted to experience. Right. But I think it's also a
1: comforting thought, while uh, much of the audience is here for that purpose, of course, that no matter what transformation you're going through at any point in your life, I think it's comforting to know that everything is perfect right here, right now, for everyone. You want to improve your situation, that's great. But everyone is playing their role to perfection. And I think that's a source of comfort for people, especially being assaulted with all kinds of information today that could be somewhat discomforting if you don't realize that. So to realize right, and, and that people, you know, they're just playing a role in life that, and they're playing right. it to
0: perfection. And the key is, there is no right, there is no wrong. Why? Because nothing, no thing can exist outside of the mind and the being of the creator. We are one with the creator and the whole of creation individualized with choice. Right. So back again to the
1: topic of today's conversation between you and me. In essence, every one of the people listening, all the people on this planet have the ability and the birthright to create their own truth, to create their own connection to the universal energy and to and to define truth for themselves.
0: And not only that, they have the choice to have whatever experience they feel that they have the right and they have the right to okay they have the right to and there is no wrong experience there is no right experience because at the end of the day is isness beingness that's all it is right
1: well here again it brings me to uh Osho's book on courage which i have at hand in this broadcast I'd like to just read um, a few lines uh, which address that point of everyone having the right to create the life they want. And Osho says here again in the book Courage, The most fearless grounding is needed to be an individual. does not matter that the whole world is against me. What matters is that my experience is valid for me. And I think that says it all.
0: Uh, That's it. Yeah, that's that's it. it. That's absolutely so, it. And there is no right. Yeah. There is no wrong. And if everybody else in the world is telling you you're wrong, so be it. That's the only thing. I, I no longer allow anybody else's perception, uh, way of thinking, vantage point to interfere with my beliefs. Right. Let me
1: just add to that. And you could confirm whether my assessment is correct or not. But in order to do that, you have to have a very, very strong inner sense and connection to your inner sense as to what's right
0: for you. Otherwise, you can't do that. Exactly. You have to be centered, but centered not in intellect, not in knowledge. You have to be centered in the center of your spiritual essence,
1: your being. Right. Right. And
0: once you know that, you can navigate this third-dimensional uh, reality with a lot of ease, if you will.
1: Right. And you could also show incredible generosity to other people in the process and allow them to do the same thing because it's not just about each of us doing it. It's about allowing everybody that we meet to be in that state.
0: Exactly. You have to allow everybody else to have their own choice of experience and not judge if it's right or wrong.
1: You know, just talking about these ideas and living that way in my own fashion, I know you do in your own fashion too, John. I, the, just, the thought just struck me as to how rare that is for anybody to do that in this world. And it's unfortunate. Hopefully more and more people will connect to universal source and we'll have the wherewithal to just do that. But it's an effort and it's a process. And uh, I think it's definitely worth the effort. And I believe you do, too. Um, uh, it's an incredible way to live or to aspire to aspire to live. Uh, Unfortunately, we're almost down to the last minute, John. It's blown as usual. And I'm glad we really talked about the idea of truth and where that actually comes from for each individual. And like you said just a few moments ago, what a world it would be if everyone was just allowed to be as they want to be. Uh, And, you know, that's up to each of the individuals listening to this broadcast to create that world for themselves, as well as for everyone that they come into contact with, it's not just about you or me or any of the listeners. It's about sharing that information so that more and more people get to that point. Uh, We have 20 seconds left. John, is there anything you want to add before we end the broadcast?
0: Become the watcher of your thoughts.
1: Very powerful thought. Indeed, to become the watcher, and with that, I want to thank you, John again for a wonderful chat and broadcast i want to I want to thank all our listeners on Monergy Life. This is Robert Fisher, your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Good night, John. Good night to all my Good listeners Good night.